2: And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny?
1: Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
2: We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication consent respect and relationships and we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because
1: well great sex matters and we all deserve it
2: so are you looking for ways to unleash your wild side without intimidating your partner do you ever feel afraid or ashamed to share your fantasies at the risk of rejection perhaps you're asking yourself what's wrong with me
1: On today's show, we're going to be talking to a sex and intimacy expert to find out how to connect or reconnect with your partner so that you can express your deepest desires and share your fantasies in a healthy, safe environment that allows you both to feel comfortable trying new things together.
2: But before we bring her on, we want to remind everybody about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry,
1: pillows too, no matter
2: matter how wet it gets.
1: That's right, baby. From, From massage oils to silicone lubes or any sort of sexy wetness, you just have to throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new and you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket, that's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Well, great sex starts now, baby.
2: It sure does, babe, and uh, we don't have to remind everybody who we are.
1: This is A Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we're so excited to welcome back a guest that we've had on our show before. Dr. Stacey Friedman is a sexologist and a sex coach specializing in creating intimacy. She helps couples figure out what's stopping them from opening up and being true to themselves and their sexuality.
2: So Stacy, Dr. Stacey, um, you were on our show about a year and a half ago and thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule and your
1: practice to chat with us today.
0: My pleasure. I'm always loving to talk about sex. So you got the right person at the right time.
1: (laughs) Wow. And, you know, I know that your specialty is creating intimacy, but can you tell us a little bit about your background and your backstory and how you got into this world of sex and intimacy?
0: Sure. It actually started from when I was in, um, you know, the younger years in high school. And I was always one of those kids that were very open-minded and uh, being able to connect with other people in a little bit of a more sexual way because I had a confidence about me that people just felt comfortable and I was relatable. And so through high school, people used to joke around and call me Dr. Ruth, <laughs> and it just kind of stuck. And then when I got to college, I started doing some um, romance parties, and then I wound up having kids and figured I'd do that for being able to um, – you know, bring some extra income in and I just started loving it and finding out how what I did was helping other people. But really, I think my main thing that brought me to my private practice was the passion I have for helping women, especially with painful sex, postmenopause, low libido, because I had a lot of problems with childbirth. And so I wound up having about five or six years of painful sex and I struggled. And one of the things that helped me is being in an alternative lifestyle. So I was able to have uh, different experiences and being able to still be intimate with my partner, but still being able to do different things that I wasn't able to do in my relationship, such as having sex, believe it or not, almost six years. It was a very difficult time. And so after that, I just said, you know what, there's not enough people out there to help I really need to get into this field and truly help people that need the help. And so I went back to school. I got my doctorate and uh, wound up having a private practice.
2: And did you find when when you were growing up, obviously, you were exploring your sexuality? Did you have great sex as a teenager or in your 20s? Did you explore your sexuality then and you found out, hey, this is something I really like and I want to continue having it part of my life?
0: I identified as sexuality, which was one of the reasons why when I was not able to have it for that length of time after the trauma of childbirth, it was very difficult for me. I went into a very bad place mentally because, like I said, I identified as that. I loved being myself. I loved being sexual. I loved the feeling of connecting with others. So I think it was right around, you know, I I was in high school. I was Slightly promiscuous in high school, but it was all very safe and fun. I always used protection. I was mindful of what I was doing. And then once I got into college, I started recognizing that I was interested in uh, other women as well. So that was kind of like, hmm, what's this about? And that brought about exploration of that other side of me. And that's when I realized, you know what? I could be interested in men and women. Let's see what this is all about. And so it just allowed me to say, you know what, I should not be the only one that is allowed to be able to explore. People should be able to be open and people should be able to be accepting that it is fluid. Sexuality is fluid and it's not just a um, black and white type of thing. And so, yeah, I, I really did a lot of exploration, a lot of learning about myself. And I think that helps me. My journey has helped me be there for others in my practice.
1: Now when your friends learned and your family learned about your pansexuality and and talking about not yesterday or the day before this is a little while ago and when it wasn't so open to talk about it did you were you uh, ashamed or were you shunned or were they accepting
0: I was never ashamed of myself. I was one of those people that just like you know what if it's good for me I don't really care what other people think. Now, when I first started hanging out with the women, I remember my mom specifically saying, you don't want to be hanging out with all the lesbians because people are going to think you are one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I didn't even necessarily tell her at that time. It wasn't until... Through my marriage, I said to her, when I was when things were not doing well in my marriage, and we were getting ready to get divorced, which was probably about six years ago, that's when I finally told her, listen, this is me. I am into this, I'm into this, and into this, and she just kind of looked at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was very open-minded, and I said, listen, this is me, you have to accept it, or... I can't, you know, I'm not. This is I'm not changing. But my mom always knew that I was a sexual being, mm-hmm. and she just always made sure, just listen, stay protected, make sure you're safe, and and that type of thing. So, she wasn't as crazy about me going out with all these people. But, you know, my friends and everything said, oh well, Stacy knows she's open minded, and it kind of just brought me to where I am today. So I don't regret anything, and I just appreciated myself for who I was, which allowed me to just continue being on that
1: journey. Now, did any of your friends live vicariously through you and your stories and your adventures? (laughs) So you were open to share all that and people learned from you even way back then?
0: Yes. Wow. Uh, My my best friend always used to joke around with me and she used to say, I am not into vagina, but I love living through you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, it's about the fantasy of it. You know, they enjoyed hearing the stories and they said, listen, good for you. I love listening to it because it's not something I would ever do or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or it actually did help. For some reason, I got a lot of people who had never been with women. I was their first Mm -hmm. because they felt like I was non-judgmental. They felt like that they can come to me. So it's like the people that I started hanging out with. They're like, oh, I've never been with a woman, but I want to be with you. Like, you know, that type of thing. So I think that the comfort of knowing that they weren't going to be rejected or they weren't going to be um, judged
1: and those made kind them of, feel
0: comfortable to step out and, and try different things. And
1: those nice. kind of adventures, were they for curiosity or were they really lesbians and they just didn't know where to begin?
0: Um, one or two was more of like a bisexuality. The rest were more curiosity, what it was like, you know, Drinking and and trying to say, okay, well, I'm feeling a little relaxed now. I drank and I want to just try and see what this is like. You know, because it is a very common fantasy for women to want to be with another woman. But a lot of them don't want to do it because they don't feel that they're necessarily bisexual or a lesbian. They just, it's a fantasy.
2: Right. And we're going to get into fantasies and we're going to get into today's generation about their right. sexual exploration a little bit later in the show. But when you were in your teens and, and 20s, did you? have threesomes? Did you participate in orgies and swinging type situations?
0: I think I first started with um yeah. <laughs> I now that I'm simple thinking simple back. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think when I started it was probably, you know, my first years of college. It was more about um the threesomes I had experienced uh to men at the one time. And then when I finally realized I was attracted to this female in one of my classes, it kind of was like, Oh, what is this all about? And when I started to get to know her and I realized that she was a full blown lesbian, never been with a man, never had an interest. I started hanging out and noticing some of her friends. And I wound up having a threesome with um, her and her friend. And so then I was in a threesome with three women. So I was kind of like, okay, this is really cool also. So it allowed me to just see different aspects of myself and realize that everybody is just trying to be themselves and enjoy themselves. So, I experienced quite a lot in college and that just allowed me to have a happier adulthood when it came to my sexuality.
2: And and you were obviously and back then and now very open-minded and it has translated through to your successful practice.
0: Absolutely. It allows me to be able to talk to my clients and say I've been there. I understand Um, This is how not only do I have the journey and the experience of myself, but I have the education to back it up so people can come to me knowing, like I said, that I'm relatable and that they can understand that it is okay to be open because Mm -hmm. life can be good,
1: you know. And you had such a, I guess, an easy uh, time talking about it because you got practiced early saying the words. Not everybody can even say the words vagina in front of their friends. And or a pussy <laughs> yeah, or or, pu- or whatever the words you might want to use. So you kind of got practiced early in life so that when you got to talk to your patients now that you have your, your own practice, it's easy for you to talk about it. But it's not easy for everybody else. Not everybody no. can, has that same uh, simple way of going through it and, and dealing with the fact that you actually have to share words and talk to people to get your ideas out so what would you say would be some steps that if someone didn't really know how to say something right what would what would you you know express to them and how to get over that
0: well, when people ask me, they say it's unbelievable how you could just have a conversation completely about sex without laughing, mm. with just like talking about a part of, you know, like you're talking about your elbow. And I said, well, it's just a part of the body. I said, you say the word elbow, 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 you could say penis, 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 mm-hmm. you know, it's just a part of the body. But because there's so much shame behind sexuality, people do have that, that discomfort. So sometimes it's just a matter of just saying it, you know, starting with something that maybe not be as sexual, like vagina or penis, they could say something like vulva, Mm -hmm. which is not something that someone may use in a sexual content, Mm -hmm. starting with something such as, you know, the vaginal canal. Mm -hmm. So you're saying vaginal canal, you're not saying vagina. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just trying to find different words that you can use that may not be as sexual, but yet still in the sexual field. And (laughs) do
2: do you think people have trouble using these words because society has brainwashed us to say don't say these words i mean it's probably part of religion and so on and so forth but sex has been around for thousands of years why why do we have trouble talking about the parts of our body that are parts of our body
0: you know what i wish i knew and that's one of the reasons why as a sexologist i take pride in my um i don't want to say job my career is because I am trying to help people normalize sexuality because there is such a stigma. And like you said, it's been around. I mean, that's, that's how we all came about right. is through sex. So, you know, there's, there's so much stigma and societal pressure or, like you said, religious pressure. And I think that that's a lot of it is that especially for women, we're taught to be sweet and demure mm-hmm. and, and, you know, but you want to be able to say, oh, my God, that dick is hard. You know, yeah. you want to be able to say that without feeling shame and a lot of women are can't even speak when they're in a sexual moment because of fear of of what it's going to look like oh i might look dirty i might look you know um carol's
2: the best at dirty
0: talk
1: (laughs) now would you say that would you say that men or (laughs) women have a harder time talking about sex just in general in your practice when they have issues and they come to talk to you about it is it harder for a man or a woman to fess up that this is what the issue is
0: you know what, I have, it really is almost a ha- <clears throat> excuse me, a half and half way. I had a lady try to reach out to me, and I think when the matter comes to erectile dysfunction, men don't like to talk about it. Okay. Their wives, I have three or four people that have reached out to me lately that have a man that has an erectile dysfunction, and they haven't had sex in two, three, four years, and the man has too much shame to reach out. And the only other times that the men really reach out to me more so is when they're not having enough sex with their wives or their their mm-hmm. husbands or whatever, you know, relationship they're in and they have a big mismatch sex drive. Mm-hmm. So it does it is almost a 50-50, but a lot of times the women come to me because they don't want to have obligatory sex anymore. They want to enjoy it. and the men come to me because their women is not enjoy their women are not enjoying it.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely that makes sense. And they have to come about and say the things and now they have to sit in front of you and without laughing and saying those words, right. explaining <laughs> what their issues are, and get it out so that they can listen to what a possible solution might be where they can go with this issue
0: right. If I can get them both in the office, I usually do really good. It's just sometimes it's a matter of, convincing one of the partners that it's okay this is normal you know we're not pathologizing anybody we are just trying to make it better why would you not want to make right. it better
1: yeah absolutely we all want to have great you know. sex and we all deserve it that's what we say at the beginning of every single show it's, it's not, true. There's no shame in it we deserve every piece of good sex we get so it's time for a quick break. We are talking with Dr. Stacy Freeman, sex and intimacy coach, all about opening up and sharing your sexual desires and whatever you need to talk about with your doctor or your peers or your friends or your family. When we come back, we're going to find out more about why people want to push their sexual boundaries.
2: This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So, you know, people have been asking us what's changed after four years of doing the podcast. Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Premescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation.
1: And it's great because promessant is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, promessant has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of.
2: Absolutely. So now they've got Promescent Delay Spray for him and Arousal Gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well.
1: Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at Ask at carolyndavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com.
2: Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David having an amazing discussion with sex and intimacy coach Dr. Stacey Friedman, all about staying connected with your partner, sharing fantasies, and now we're going to get into why having a threesome is such a popular fantasy for men and for women
1: yeah and whether it's a male female male combination or a female male female uh, as we're known as the MFM or the FMF it's hard to say on the radio but <laughs> yeah so either way uh, why do people want to have these kind of fantasies and what's the what's the popularity why is why is it so popular
0: I think that for men it's like the holy grail. (laughs) It's like, that is their thing to get that threesome. Um, I think that a lot of the men feel like if I can have this threesome, it almost defines their masculinity. I think that it makes them feel like, hey, you know what, I can be attractive to multiple women at multiple times. And I am like the God. And I think that that's, that's where a lot of that comes from with a male. But you ask most men, and that is one of the most common fantasies is to have a threesome. Now, I was going to say, it's usually the uh, male with the two females.
2: Right, so I have a great story. So Carol and sure. I went to Trapeze. Um, there's one in Fort Lauderdale close to you. There's one in, Atl- in Atlanta. Yeah. And we went to the one in Atlanta for the first time. We did our radio show from there. And we were just hanging out, and there was this really nice, single woman sitting at the bar and we started chatting with her and talking and carol is not bisexual we say she's bi selective or bi situational and the other girl was pretty much the same thing so one thing led to another we ended up in one of the playrooms and since both girls were not like into bisexuality i had to work really hard at making both of them uh, come and, and be pleasured and and keep them in the moment. And you know what? It was a lot of work for me.
0: It's exhausting. It, <laughs> it is. It can be exhausting.
2: It, it's, okay. <laughs> it, it's okay. They started kissing each other and playing with each other's tits, but I was the one working on two pussies and two kissing. <laughs> and so we have this whole experience, and we had a great time with this woman. We still stay in contact with her. But I came home, and I told a bunch of my baseball buddies that I had this threesome, but it was so much work. And I got no sympathy. Zero.
1: <laughs> like, it's a great fantasy, but nobody realizes really how hard it, how hard you have to work to satisfy it, two women at yes. the same time.
2: It is, it is. But it was a lot of fun. And it's definitely something that Carol and I uh, don't do very often because uh, swingers, uh, we normally play with couples. But every once in a while, we have a little treat. Uh, we were at Hedonism uh, a couple of weeks ago in Jamaica. And uh, okay. Carol, Carol had a nice 36-year-old stud join us
1: in our bedroom. Room, uh-huh. a police officer uh-huh. so you know we we do do that and we talk about it in advance and um the fantasy is real people do want to have that threesome and there's no doubt about it that a man is thinking about having two women which is a lot of work as we just talked but you about. Think
2: about having two men but
1: i you know like last when we were at hedonism i had the two men and pff, wow it, i didn't think it was all that much work i i don't know but I, it wasn't We did all the work <laughs> <laughs> exactly so like that's the best fantasy
0: well, they almost have like a golden rule that if you have a threesome and there's two men, it's not considered gay. <laughs> That's yes. kind of like the golden rule. I think, you know?
1: so I think you're right there's, about that. There's
0: some people are like, oh, I'm not going to have another man in the room. That's gay. But no, no. If you're having a threesome,
1: it's not. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> and I always have the question, and maybe you can help me out with this one, is when it's a threesome, is that considered swinging? Like, is that part of the swinging lifestyle? Because I don't think everybody even thinks that way.
0: You know what? I think that, you know, when you're talking about a swinging lifestyle, it's usually... When you're working with couples, when you're talking about bringing one other person, you're doing it as you as a couple usually.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: it's more sexually are,
2: open-minded. I guess.
0: Yeah, I would say it's more of an open-minded relationship, not even necessarily an open relationship, but open-minded, yeah. where you're open to exploration. But when you're talking about a, a swinging relationship, I would I picture that and and. You know, when you go to these clubs and everything, it's usually couples looking for couples or couples that are open to bringing somebody else in. Yeah, but not, for many people right. that are but a heterosexual relationship um, and they want to bring in a third person, they're not going to go to a swing club.
1: And very often it's just a fantasy that if it does come true once in a lifetime, that's not really a lifestyle. Correct. Okay, got it. Okay, I guess that's really what makes the difference. If you do it every single weekend, I think probably you're a swinger. But if you just do it once in a while and it's a fantasy that stays in your head, then probably it's just being open-minded.
2: But you think bringing a third into a couple is um, swinging?
1: Well, I think if the couple every single weekend is planning, hey, who are we going to have in our bed this week? Hey, let's go to, I don't know, a website and find out who's available, who wants to come in and fuck us. I think that's a lifestyle, like an alternative lifestyle. It's an alternative
2: lifestyle yeah. for sure. But I think I agree with Stacy that it wouldn't be considered swinging.
1: Okay, well then it's part of the alternative lifestyle. If you're doing it regularly, it becomes a lifestyle. If it's once in a while and it just happened to take place, it's then, a treat. Yeah,
0: right. If someone finds you know a, a friend or or you know somebody every once in a while, they want to bring somebody in. Like you said, it's not necessarily a lifestyle. Usually when you're a swinger, it's considered a lifestyle right, because exactly. you go out there on the weekends and your weekends are not just going to a movie and dinner. Your weekends are going out, you know, having sex with other couples and things like that. Right.
1: And the foursome so, is not on the um, golf cart, right? It,
0: yeah, there is a little bit of a difference. You
2: know, for for Easter, I'd like to have our friend Bunny over. <laughs> Funny. I am.
1: Okay. <laughs> like, it took me a second. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, she'll, be, on, hi- she'll be hiding good. the Easter eggs for you. You'll have to find all her little Easter eggs. That's for sure. Come on, I didn't tell my vegetarian story. <laughs> not, yet. not yet. I'm sure it's going to come out before we... End. So we know that the number one fantasy is a threesome. It's usually a man who fantasizes about having two women in his bed. it's a great fantasy. And it really is a whole lot of fun. So that's not a bad fantasy to have. But I think there's a lot more fantasies out there. And I think with pornography, it's been, uh, you know, I guess, with the advent of so much available pornography, it's been an influence on people having more and more fantasies.
0: I, You know, pornography, because it's been around for so many years, um, is nothing new. So I think that you know, women may be open to different types of pornography more now than they used to. So for anything, I think that may help women have a little bit more of the fantasies but um there's a lot of more there's a lot more different types of fantasies that are put on tour now rather than the just you know the typical man woman sex so I think pornography can definitely have an influence in pushing
2: some boundaries. And Stacey, do you think that um, pornography aside, and we know pornography is not educational, it's just entertaining, but do you think the advent of Netflix and Amazon Prime and Game of Thrones and Fifty Shades of Grey and all those sexually um, pushing yeah. boundaries types of movies and TV shows is telling people that, hey, it's okay to do things outside the standard missionary position on the left side of the bed um, for the rest of your life
0: mm-hmm. i think all that stuff helps i uh, know that with so many people nowadays seeing it and having it more in their face is more of you know they tell you if, if you have something that bothers you when you keep it in it, it lets it fester mm-hmm. but when you let it out it doesn't have control over you so i feel like it's almost the same when you're seeing these things in your face and you're visualizing different um, sexuality, uh, different things, like you said, like the Fifty Shades of Grey, and you're like, oh, I didn't know about that or I didn't hear about that. It's putting more things out into the world for people to question, for people to even go online and research. So I think that having that opportunity to see more things allows it to be more normalized.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the more we talk about sex in general, the more normal those conversations are going to get. And hopefully, it will be just normal for everybody, not just people in the industry to talk about the sexual experience they had, even if it was with their husband the night before or their wife, uh, first thing in the morning, whatever it might be, it might be just be one of those things that we chat about, like we talked about a great dinner we had the night before. But if a person did want to experience a threesome where would you suggest they find that third person? Is your best friend really a good candidate for a threesome?
0: That can be tricky. I think a lot of it depends on the couple because you need to figure out, first of all, why do you want to have a threesome? And what are your expectations from it? And you need to be able to set some boundaries. So I think it's important before you go looking for a person to really have that conversation. Have that communication and say, what do we want from this? Let's go online, do some research about threesomes. Let's go talk to someone like me, like a, a sex coach who can guide them and tell them the pros and cons and things to look for. Make sure you figure out what do you want from the threesome. You know, what are, what are some rules and things like that. And then you can talk to the other person that you may want involved. So like you said, a best friend. Are you a jealous person? If you're a jealous person, you may not want your best friend in there because it's going to be someone that you're going to be connected to forever, unless you have a threesome that you don't do the right rules, and then you're not. Right. So it can be tricky, but then again, your best friend may be someone that you can trust with your life that you may say, okay, you know what? If there's going to be anybody I'm going to do it with, I'm going to do it with my best friend. So I really think it depends on the person.
1: And then Um, if you're worried about it being weird afterwards, like, don't do it. Don't ruin a a friendship relationship for a fuck. That's what I say. Anyway, so you can always get that fuck from someone you don't know, but think about it. Plan ahead. Don't, don't do it in a drunken moment and then regret it because those kind of fun things you want to remember you're doing it so that you can relive that fantasy over and over again. And it should be a positive experience. So if you're even inkling that it might be weird with that person, if you do it again, uh, if you do it with them, then... Yeah, don't don't ruin a relationship I, I for that.
2: J- I just wanna back up a little bit because we got into how you go about finding this third person for yeah. a three sim. Yeah. But I'd like Stacy to, you know, talk to us a little bit about how do you bring it up to your partner that oh, you right. want to have a threesome mm-hmm. because as so many guys i'm like you were saying earlier have this fantasy in their mind that they want to have this threesome and don't have the balls to bring it up to their partner and when they finally bring it up 20 years later their partner goes you too i've been wanting to have a threesome also so how do you start that discussion earlier on and it doesn't just fester there for your whole uh, relationship
0: well, I think that just sexual communication in general is important, and it may not, you know, you don't want to sit there and say, well, I was hoping to spice things up, so let's do a threesome, because that can make the person feel like they're not enough, Right. and you need to bring somebody else in, so you don't want anyone to ever feel they're not enough. You want this to just enhance what you already have. This is not something to just try to make your relationship better. It's just another, another level, another layer to what you can offer, so... You would want to just start off with fantasies at first and communicate about fantasies. And what I suggest to people before they even go into a threesome, if they're going to do something with a male, let's say, there's tons of toys like uh, the dildos or the suction cup dongs that I tell people, get one of those. So that way, if you're having another penis in with with the two of you. Stick it on somewhere. Pretend you're giving it a blowjob. Pretend you're sitting, stick it on the edge of the bathtub. Sit on it. Let your partner, you know, hear you moan, knowing that they're kissing you while there's a cock inside of you. Mm -hmm. You know, do different things that you can talk about and explore ahead of time. See kind of what it would be like in a way and figure out, well, like I said before, why do you want to do it? What do you hope to get from it? You know, do the research. I think it's just, important to be able to just talk about fantasies in general so maybe like once a month you can have a little you know say okay let's do a little 15 minute coffee talk Uh grab a glass of wine Mm -hmm. or half an hour to talk Mm -hmm. grab grab a glass of wine sit outside and just talk sex
1: yeah absolutely and then
0: eventually you say right with no judgment
1: right i think that's a great idea you know every friday the last friday of the month this is what we're doing and uh, no judgment i get to talk you get to talk and then hey we'll chat about it afterwards
0: no, I'm just going to say, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to take advantage of all the fantasies that you discuss. Right. But you just have to be able to say, this is something that I never did that I was interested in. Or get a book that asks questions on sexuality, like 101 sex questions. So it's not like you're actually expressing yourself. It kind of forces you to a- answer a question so you don't feel as vulnerable.
1: It's more exploration rather than um, fessing up kind of thing. Right. That's very cool. I like that idea as okay, well.
2: Okay, so, so now you've figured out how to bring it up to your partner. Your partner said, hell yeah, I'm in. Actually, I wanted to be in before. You've uh, found the person. <laughs> Where do you do this threesome? Do you do it in the intimacy of your own bed, or do you take a hotel? Like, uh, there's there's got to be issues with, you know, that Either sanctuary, way, yeah.
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that it depends also on who the person is. I think every couple has their own rules. And before you do anything, it's important that the couple itself discusses their ground rules and be able to discuss what um, is acceptable and what is not. And if feeling like you're bringing someone into your own bed could impede on your intimacy and in your relationship, go to a place like you said, like go to a hotel and have a place that is, is um, what's the word? It's non-neutral.
1: Th- yeah, it's non-threatening. Th-
0: yeah, neutral. Yeah. Thank you. I mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't think of the word. That's neutral. So that way, when you come back to the home, you still have that sacred space for right. you and your partner. No, I was going to say, and then, you know, if you see that it's something that you're comfortable with and you get, you know, comfortable with the person, whether you use somebody else or you're with this same person, then you can decide, is it something we want to bring into the bedroom?
2: And do you, do, do you have a discussion after once or twice do we do it again is it just a one-time thing um is that reasonable to talk about with your partner right after or do you let it do you let it's it set it in set in for a week and then have that discussion
0: i think that a week is too long because you don't want to build any resentment if there's any issues mm-hmm. but i don't think it's something that you have to have the session kick the person out and say okay let's talk yeah. <laughs> you know sometimes you need to sleep on it um, wake up the next morning and express yourself and, and know that this is how I feel. And if it's not something comfortable, but you talk about it ahead of time. Listen, what if I'm not comfortable? Is this going to be something that you expect all the time? So there's a lot of different things. You want to say, am I going to be kissing this person? Or is it just going to be the sex part? Are we allowed to have sex? Is it just kissing? Is it just oral? You know, and what? one of the main important things is ejaculation. Mm-hmm. If you have a wife and the husband is okay with another man, let's say. Is he okay if the partner ejaculates inside of her? Is he okay if he comes on her chest, on her face, if she smells it? You know, these are things that may make them uncomfortable afterwards. So there's so much that you can talk about. And I think that within 24 hours, you need us to just sit down and say, okay, this was great. What was your experience? What was my experience? Is this something that we feel comfortable going forward again? And you go from there.
1: And I know when we started being swingers, David and I used to always uh, recap after the situation. When we got back home, we'd always make love together, wake up in the morning and talk about what we liked the best, what we liked the worst, and what we would change next time. We tried to always keep it super positive because we knew we were in the lifestyle and that was something that we wanted to keep doing. It wasn't like, oh my God, that was so bad. We knew that this was where our tribe was. We felt most comfortable in that lifestyle. So we always wanted to look at the positive side and what to do better next time. And I think that's a good attitude to have for anybody who wants to try something new because you're just exploring. There's no right or wrong way of exploring as long as it's good for both of you and that you are recapping the good things that happened. And do we want to do this again? And maybe not. Maybe that's the fantasy that's been fulfilled and we move on with life. And also, shit happens.
2: And one of the rules we have and we tell everybody is you can't hold it against each other. You're both going in this consensual willing together. adults yes. together and shit does happen especially to guys you know we get caught up where the <laughs> blood goes from our brain to our cock and we stop thinking and we do stupid things <laughs> and you just got to say look i'm sorry i learned from it and you move on you, you you can't hold it against each other because if both of you aren't all in for the situation then you can't go in because no one should be taking one for the team well i'll
0: tell you if you have a second i had a client that they were in a relationship for 20 years, married. They wanted to try to do something to spice it up. They went, they had a threesome, and the guy was quite a bit younger, like, you know, talk about a 30-year-old stud, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they yeah. were in their 50s, late 50s, and... She had never really been very sexual through the relationship, and he thought that maybe this might kind of wake her up a little bit. Well, hell yeah, I woke her up. I woke her up a little too much, that she kind of was drinking and didn't really pay attention, that her husband wound up leaving the bed and sitting on the chair watching. And he gave her such a hard time about enjoying it too much, and that he was mad that she forgot about him and was not in the moment, Mm. and it was too much in the moment. And it caused a lot of issues in the relationship. And he was angry at her. And I said, You both agreed to the situation and for you getting angry that she enjoyed it. Yeah. It's it's uh you have to be able to just say, Okay, and she apologized profusely. Um, so we were able to finally work through that. But he felt like he had to trust her again. Wow. But yet She didn't do anything because it was right in front of him. So there are some of those things that happen after a threesome when you're not doing it in the right way where you think you are, which is why it's so important to communicate about every aspect. And, you and don't, every possible situation.
1: And you don't know what you don't know. You can't really imagine how you're going to feel in a threesome because you've right. never done it before. So you kind of have to be willing to take the chance, also. But the, checking in is so important. So like even if it's your first time, like every ten minutes check in. Are you still okay? Are you still okay? Are you still okay? That's okay. You and, could you could dismiss. You yeah. could get out. You could step away. You could talk about it. You're allowed to do all those things. Don't think once you've said yes and you're in the threesome that there's no backing out. There's absolutely backing out at any point. So he maybe should have tapped her on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm not good with this anymore. Yeah. Come on, honey, we need to go. And that would have been a much better yeah. situation. So let anybody listening know that this is not an all-in. all, all in. If you're not happy after one minute, two minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, you can just say, sorry, it's not for us. And, we've, and
2: we've been in foursomes, moresomes, orgies, 20 couples. And the first time mm-hmm. you're in a new situation for guys it could be a little overwhelming, and you, I right. have had issues sometimes getting hard because there's so much going on mm-hmm. that you might need to try it a second time because the first time it's just like whoa, and then there's the other side where you it's come,
0: where yeah. you come
2: right away, yeah. and it's like hell, you know, <laughs> where'd the evening go, but. You know, so all all these things, you know, you have to keep together. And sometimes when we're in a situation and I can't get hard, you know, Carol looks over at me and says, oh, I got to go over there. I know what he likes. And, you know, she she helps that the situation continue and if it's just not working right. we excuse ourselves and we and fuck, we each, leave. Other, and we fuck each other it's all good exactly it's, you
1: know at the end of the day we are a best fuck with right. each other it just doesn't matter it's not worth having a fight over and it's not worth ruining a relationship that's for sure but when you don't know what you don't know right. like you said they maybe they didn't do their homework maybe they didn't read about what are the issues and so people who have good they resources not. <laughs> right exactly and people like yourself They're
0: trying to fix things after
1: yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Well,
0: so I, think, I think that's why the safe word is also very important. Mm-hmm. So for people that may feel uncomfortable stopping in the middle because they promised somebody or they, they said that they would do it and they're like, well, how do we just stop? There is a safe word. If you're not comfortable, you just be like, "Oh my god, I really need water. I'm parched." Right, so parched. parched be the safe there word. you go. Yeah, but you got and to remember that, that safe knows.
1: word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. David, I know. David has true. a hard time remember. I'm, you're true. parched. Oh, honey, you're thirsty. Well, oh, I'll, I'll get you off some water. Yeah. He <laughs> won't remember any of that shit. But yes, <laughs> but, exactly. You're absolutely right. Find something that you're going to remember. But at least you've discussed it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, one of the things that we noticed when we were at uh, Hedonism, we were saying before that we were at Hedonism for Young Swingers Week, and um, the younger generation that was there they're all in their 20s and 30s and 40s uh, yeah some in the early 40s as well but they seemed much more open-minded at a younger age than certainly than we were at that age and so are you seeing a generational change of sexual pleasure at, and openness at an earlier age
0: believe it or not the people that are teenagers nowadays are actually having less sex than they were before mm-hmm. but that being said once they do start having it there's a lot more openness and I think a lot of that has to do with the rise of the LGBT community, the rise of a um, little bit more of people who are transgender in the media, things like that, even though people may be completely heterosexual or bisexual. I think the, the recognition that it is okay to be different, it is okay to be open, is out there more. And I just noticed in my practice that a lot of these younger women, especially are just not having as much sex until they start getting older and they're feeling more comfortable saying no. They're not feeling that pressure. They're being okay with just being them. And then when they finally start doing it, you see a lot more openness. And I just think it's because they're more confident in themselves and making their
1: decisions. And they've waited longer, is that what you're saying? They've waited longer to have that first sexual encounter, and so therefore they're more comfortable with having more sexual encounters? You think people today
2: are having sex later in life?
0: That's what I'm, yes. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I have teens. And so I'll tell, I mean, I know when I was younger, people were having sex 13, 14, 15 years old. I don't see that nowadays as much. Mm. And um, even in my practice, I have a lot of people that are in their early 20s that are virgins. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of my kids' friends are virgins, and they're 18 and 17 um, and and 19 and 20. A lot of them are virgins, Um, or they've only dated one or two people. But I think because they're more confident in themselves and they're starting a little bit later, and they're not doing it at 13, 14, 15, they're starting at 19, 20, 21, I think that they are just more confident as people. And they never felt that peer pressure, so they were able to be a little bit more open. And so I think that could be one of the reasons why we're getting a lot of people that are um, feeling more free to explore. Plus, you're seeing it more on media and TV and movies and, and, you know, Internet. So it's it's a little bit more like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you know, they're doing that. It's okay. It's cool, you know. Um, but yeah, I do I do think that they're starting a little bit later, but they are being more open-minded.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And we certainly did witness that. And I think it's great that people at a younger age can uh, can start exploring earlier. And that way they can have the options. They'll know what the options are ahead of them without the cheating, which is so hurtful for everybody.
0: Right. Yeah, they're doing like a little more of the petting, you know, the touching, the kissing. But, you know, when I was younger, I know we kind of, we're with someone once or twice and you have sex Mm you know but nowadays it's like they're dating for like a year year and a half at like 16, 17 years old and they're not having sex
1: Mm -hmm. I agree with you interesting
2: All right, Stace we're going to ask you to hang on for a sec this is The Sexy Lifestyle we are Carol and David having an amazing discussion with Dr. Stacey Friedman stay tuned we're going to have a quick break and when we come back we're going to be getting into our favorite segment of our show Great Sex Matters continuing our discussion all about threesomes stay tuned we'll be right back Alrighty, you know we love hedonism we spent the winter there we were there for 89 sexy days it's one of our favorite places to hang out naked on the beach and it is the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like so we are so excited about uh, the fact that this is hito's 40th anniversary celebration is happening October 30th to November 6th. So come and join us there for a week. Um, You can get naked on the beach with us, maybe be on our show. For more information, go to thesexylifestyle.com, click on the Hedo link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation
1: ever. And just remember, you can always visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com to stay informed about all the sexy and open-minded events that are happening in your area and around the world.
2: Exactly.
1: And if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible... Uh, people and events go to sdc.com and you can use promo code 30314 to get your first month free check it out
2: this is a sexy lifestyle we are carol and david and we've been chatting all about threesomes with talk dr stacy friedman sex and intimacy expert and now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex
1: because well great sex matters and we all deserve it So as swingers for the last 11 years or more, we're not even counting anymore. We've been sharing fantasies and expressing our needs and desires. It feels like forever. But for a new couple being open and honest with each other, can be scary and exciting at the same time. And certainly unexpected situations can get in the way of sexual pleasure when there's the unknown in the equation. Let's start this segment off by talking about jealousy. We brought it up a little bit in the last segment, but I want to talk more about jealousy and um, Dr. Stacy, how you can coach couples to handle jealousy, recognize the trigger points before they happen so that you can prevent it if possible.
0: That can be very tricky. When people come to me, it's usually at the end when they've already hit that jealousy um, where I hope that people, before they even get involved in any type of alternative lifestyle, to have someone to talk to about it ahead of time so I can give them ways to avoid some of these issues. But what I try to do is when people come in after they've already had an episode and they are jealous and they're not knowing how to keep that situation from happening again or how to get better, feel better about it, some of the things that we do is explaining how to be mindful when they're in that situation. And being mindful is being able to focus and and um, stop yourself where you're at if you start feeling that jealousy. Because, you know, it's very common for people to be jealous. And sometimes that jealousy could be a slight turn-on for many people. But there has to be a balance between jealousy and turn-on. <laughs> you know, you don't yeah. want to be jealous, jealous. I think there's good jealousy. You want to be...
1: There's good jealousy and probably yes. bad jealousy, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. Then I mean, there's jealousy where, like, you keep your hands off my freaking partner, you yeah. know? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And then there's kind of like, God, I kind of wish she wasn't touching him, but it is kind of hot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there is, there is that uh, balance that needs to be kept. But what I try to do is tell people that if they do start being in the situation, feeling a little bit of jealousy, stop what they're doing, kind of breathe. They have to actually... Pay attention to your breathing because you don't want to start getting anxiety about it. Start paying attention to your breathing. Relax. Try to count down from ten to one. Focus and looking at your partner, and looking at the what you're doing and why you're doing. Going back to that why, you know, um, knowing that this partner and, and you and your partner did this to enjoy together, and being able to just try to relax and then if you see after you're doing these you know focusing relaxing breathing if you're still having the issue that's when you kind of need to say all right this is my safe word or i'm starting to feel uncomfortable and you want to stop you don't want to go through the whole thing and then later on that night be like this couple that i was telling you about before Mm -hmm. where now all of a sudden he is mad so angry at yeah. her that their marriage almost dies
1: right now is there like uh, is it all about insecurity is usually the one who's jealous is it because they feel some type of insecurity in their relationship do you ever coach them in in sort of i guess reassuring themselves that this is your partner who loves you very much she is going to be coming home with you tonight so why are you feeling that way do you ever tell them to ask themselves the questions is why you're feeling that jealousy
0: yeah we try to figure out what is it you know what's bringing it out is it the healthy jealousy like you discussed Or is it that you feel like you're going to lose your partner? Mm. How is your relationship prior? What did they communicate about before? You know, for this situation, they barely communicated about it. And that is what brought about the jealousy. It's because they really didn't take the time to figure out the situation. So what I tell people is that if this is something you want to continue doing, then you need to have that communication. You need to be mindful. You need to know what's off limits if you're feeling too much jealousy it needs to not happen again,
1: period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we always say that the lifestyle is for anyone but it's not for everyone and you have to be able to control your, your jealousy if you want to be in the lifestyle and I'm sure a threesome situation is exactly the same.
0: No, I agree, I agree. There There can be a lot of jealousy but that's why it is so important
1: to talk ahead of
0: time so when people do come in afterwards you know, you try to see kind of like almost like what their level is and what what their insecurity is, but a lot of jealousy is insecurity.
1: Yeah, and I you guess know? the mature way Best of looking. That's it's important to know why. The maturity of looking at the situation, the maturity of looking at a situation where you want to enhance your marriage by trying, or your relationship, if, if you're not married, by trying something yep. new and spicy by bringing someone in. The mature way is to sit down and say, hey, this is what we're expecting. But what if, and if you're not talking about that, what if, then yeah, you're opening yep. yourself up to some disastrous ideas that just could happen.
0: Exactly. I agree.
2: And, and Stacy, I know we talked about the guy wanting the two girls and the you know the, the 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 other side of the coin where the girl wants the two guys but what if the two the couple sits down and they're having this discussion okay they've agreed they're going to have a threesome and the girl says yeah sure we can get another girl for you and he says i really don't want to be in a room with another guy how do how does that does that communication go
0: there has to be obviously an agreement and what you're comfortable with and what you're not. And not everyone's going to be comfortable with every situation. So that's where the whole communication comes in. And, you know, if the woman says that she wants another woman and the guy is good with that, then she needs to know, am I going to be jealous of having another woman there? Or is it better if the guy is okay with another man? That might be some other way to start off with. But is it okay okay for
2: one of them to say, Fine. You can have the two women, and then just be resentful of it because she didn't
0: get her two guys. Oh, I see what you're. Oh, I see what you're asking. Um, no, it's not okay. There needs to be a hundred percent transparency. Otherwise, it should not happen. If someone is not comfortable with something in the situation when they are not able to um, feel the same about a situation, it shouldn't be done. Otherwise, you could talk about different ways to go about doing it because maybe um, it may be better to, like I said, maybe it might be better to bring in a toy if he yeah. wants to have, uh, if she wants to have the man, and he doesn't.
1: And they but can fantasize in lots of experience. ways. They can fantasize with that dildo, with that stick on, all different ways. They can right. fantasize together and role play and play it out as if there's another person there, role and then play. nobody gets hurt.
0: Right. What are the other options that you can st- simulate? Mm -hmm. something like that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but you should definitely not try to do something just because your partner asked for it
2: all right so here's a big question because I'm the type of guy who likes planning stuff and surprising Carol Uh, it's not one of the things that she works on but what about if you were thinking about a threesome your partner said "Eh, I might be into it and then all of a sudden you bring someone home
0: as a surprise Oh, that's a loaded question. (laughs) You know what? It could go really good, or it could be the end of your relationship. Um, I think in many relationships, which I'm sure in the swinging lifestyle, you're familiar that a lot of times they say that the woman is the one that kind of has the last say. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that happens a lot. I think that if... I, I don't even really know how to explain it, but I just don't necessarily think it's a good idea yeah, you're right. because you're not having that opportunity ahead of time to speak about your your um, issues, your concerns. If you've had a conversation, let's say me and my, my fiancé, we are in a monogamous relationship right now. But I say right now because we have always left the doors open for the communication, for the possibilities of threesomes, for the possibilities of swinging lifestyle. And he knows and I know what we would want, what we would desire. And we've been together seven years. So if something like that were to come up with me, I would feel comfortable saying, you know what, I know he's open to it. I know he knows what our things that are comfortable would be. So for me, I'd be like, you know what, a threesome I think would be okay.
1: So for your birthday, believe, yeah, it's a good idea. If, if for your birthday you went away and you get to a nice resort, you find out that there's another woman waiting for you in the bed, you wouldn't be so upset about that. But if you haven't had the discussion right, he, prior, right. then that would be a whole nother ball game.
0: Yeah, that would not work. That would not work well because you don't have the time to respect each other and understand your boundaries and what's expected from that situation. So I think a lot of it just depends on that communication. If you've never had that communication except someone saying, oh, yeah, Teresa will be cool, it's not enough. It's not enough information to know what you would expect from the situation.
1: Now, I just want to flip the coin a little bit and talk about the person who's coming in, the, th- the third wheel, if you want to call it that. The well, Let's just say it's going to be a woman mm-hmm. who's going to be in our fantasy playing out our fantasy here so she comes to the home uh, or the, the hotel room meeting and what is her role supposed to be just to she needs to enjoy it as well where where do you think she, her headspace needs to be to make sure this is going to be a positive experience for the couple well i think first of all is it someone that you're paying for or no. is it somebody no, that no you no no you've arranged it somehow you know, this, but it's not a pay this is not a prostitute
0: right so okay because um that can make a difference mm-hmm, too. but if it's mm-hmm. somebody that you've communicated with A threesome is a threesome. It's not a two sum with a one. So that's what's important to remember is that even though you're communicating with your partner, as long as you have your rules with your partner, then you take those rules and you speak with the person who you're bringing in because that person is just as an important piece of the puzzle as the other two. So it's very important that the other person is uh, feeling comfortable, respected, and knows the rules and also gets asked what is comfortable for you. Right. Because you don't want to make that person feel, um, you know, disrespected or uncomfortable or, you know, whatever the situation may be. It's a
1: triad. And and she needs to enjoy it. And she needs to enjoy it just as much as everybody else in the room.
2: And also that absolutely. And those rules about ask first and no means no. And unless you get an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. That person has to be respected and has to have.
1: Mm-hmm. Consented full, full consent to yeah.
2: whatever you're doing she might be there for a threesome and doesn't want his cock in her pussy
1: mm-hmm. right exactly. he doesn't want her exactly. to, uh,
2: him to come in her mouth so you have to ask first is it okay uh, just as if we're in a swinging situation and we might be with 10 other people but everybody asks everybody right. is it okay and and that's that respect is paramount mm-hmm.
0: right and everybody has to know like you said it's okay to say no and if you don't, if you forget a question to ask, like one of the things that I was mentioning about coming in someone's face or coming on their breasts or coming inside. And, you know, that's something that needs to be discussed at the time, if that's the case. You say, oh, I forgot if you're going to come, I want to make sure that you only come on her chest right. or something like that. Sure. Like you can't be afraid to discuss things in the middle while you're doing it. It doesn't mess things up. It doesn't make it, you know, awkward, because if you're doing something like that, everybody knows that you have to have some type of boundaries.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when we're playing with other people, I always tell the guy, do not pull Carol's hair.
1: That's just one of the things I don't like. And And it's the first thing I tell them. Just don't do it. Yeah.
2: Uh, And, you know, they know. And that's something that
1: Oh, I hate that. Turns her off. <laughs> yeah, and if you and it's good to at least voice that because you don't want by mistake, a lot of girls do like that. So uh, if he does forget to ask and he's just assuming you're gonna like it, well that could just turn you off. It could it could spoil the moment. And so it's best just to say it up right. front. It is. And the
2: same thing when a guy goes down and is licking your pussy, I always tell him, put two fingers inside. That's what's gonna get her off. Some guys just lick and lick and lick and lick and then it But doesn't if you feel weren't good.
1: there, I would also say it. Right, exactly. Yeah. But yes. I mean yeah. we're good communicators, yes, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, but that woman who, well, are, that's what it's about. Yep. Yeah, the woman who joins, or even a man who's joining, whoever is the third person joining this triad, who's going to make this a wonderful, exciting experience, which is what you want. Um, they have to be fully aware of all the things that you're expecting and ask them for their expectations as well, because they need to enjoy it just as much. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Oh, with that. That's
0: what I'm saying. It's not just about the two of you. It's a threesome because it's about all three people.
1: So I guess we're coming to the end of the show and it's time for our final piece of advice. So here, let me ask you this. What do you suggest a couple could do tonight to open up about a fantasy or desire that they might have and take that first step towards arranging a threesome together?
0: I think that it's important, first of all, just to discuss fantasies in general. And sometimes if people are not sure how to bring it up, That's one of the reasons why I say something like a book, 101 Questions. There's an app on the iPhone. I don't know if it's on the other phones, but it's called uh, Card Deck, and it's by Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N. He's a very well-known therapist, and they have questions on there that you could ask that are mild to um, medium to spicy, and that can bring up conversations that maybe keeps you from feeling like you have to kind of... You know, ask about yourself. It's really giving you the questions to ask where maybe it might be a question you always want to know but we're embarrassed to ask. So just take the time and communicate and just bring up just ideas in general. And then when you start talking about it, say, you know what, this is great. Let's do this once a week. And then eventually you get to a point where you say, okay, well, what do you feel about this? Everyone has, you take turns. Everyone has a question that they want to ask. You can say, oh yeah, what about a threesome? What would you feel is good? What about you know, uh, watching porn, doing this. It's just about asking questions and not having that judgment.
1: And having fun with it. Make sure everybody out there is just taking their time, having fun, making it something positive that's going to enhance their couple at the end of the day. That's what it's all about.
0: Right. And then once you get the answer and someone says, oh, yeah, I would do a three And you go, oh, really? So would I. And then boom. There's your first connection where you have a fantasy in common. And they said, let's explore this. You know, when you have like two yeses, you explore it. And that's what's kind of fun about doing the questions because you don't necessarily know what question is
2: going to be asked. Love the idea. Well, Stacey, you know, we can keep talking for hours and hours and uh, we'll invite yeah. you back <laughs> and we'll have another show about fantasies and swinging and a whole bunch of other stuff that you cover in your practice. Um, Yay! so great to hear how successful you are getting. I know you launched a new website the other day. Why don't you tell people how they can find you and reach out to you?
0: That would be great. I work with people all over the world, so you don't have to be local. I am in South Florida. My website is Dr. Stacy Friedman, D R S T A C Y F R I E D M A N. So drstacyfriedman.com, and I work with couples and intimacy alternative lifestyles, LGBT community, and anything that a woman has concerns over, such as painful sex, low libido, all that. So you can go to the site, you can email me, I can work with you online and Skype, and I am so thankful that you asked me to come on, it was a great,
1: great subject. Wow, that's terrific. And, of course, if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests is going to have a guest page with all their information. You can contact them. If you have any questions, you can contact them directly.
2: Absolutely. And as you guys did today, and we do every week, um, we learn more and more every week from all our expert guests. We hope you do, too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolyndavid.com. Alrighty, that's the end of another super amazing, great show. And as we do each week, we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out.
1: And join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle, where we talk about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny.
2: Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please, please, please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time.